welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Fufu Cuddly Poof, and this is level 203. Whoa, Joining was I fired already? <laughs> well, yeah. We got a lot of patrons that was complaining, and we decided to bring me back. They, they was? There was. Oh. But that voice, if you don't know, is Big L. Hello. Also joining is Kushmoos. Hello. And finally, Matrark. Hello. We're spending entirely too much time on this introduction and not enough time talking about food so that we can then talk about the big news that happened in the last <laughs> oh, week. Good point. Very good point. You know, we never mentioned on the show Taco Bell or Old Bay. <laughs> well, Taco Bell, I don't think we've you, mentioned since. Have you put Old Bay on Taco Bell? Taco? Huh. I don't know. I might have. I should copyright that. All right. One. You know, I I told Kenny this because he happened to be in party at the time. But I, I do this trivia league um, throughout the year, and one of the questions in my trivia league one day, in a day where I happened to be in party with Kenny, the answer was Old Bay. So thank Were you, you a hero for your team. Thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then today so- I'm, I'm actually on vacation. I'm recording uh, from Atlantic City today. So if you notice any audio quality issues, you can still blame Kenny. But it's probably right. my fault. Um, I Usually went to go you get breakfast gamble that this it was morning. Ha! Huh, good point. Mm. But I went to go get <laughs> breakfast this morning, and they had this sandwich called the Pop Pop, and it was made with Scrapple. And I was intensely <laughs> sad by this discovery that it's a thing I've probably seen many times before, but swore I'd never heard of. And how was it? But did you try it? I absolutely did not. Ah! <laughs> oh, you missed it. Wait, was it free? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no, no. Isn't that... I don't think she could partake in such a product. Well, now that you're in Atlantic City, they might have some scrapple at the grocery store. Just go, go on over, grab yourself a brick, fry it on up. <laughs> That's I love okay. that it's served in brick form. <laughs> it's so good. I just had that Saturday. Mm, not once more. All right, food All talk right. is over. Let's go. Uh, yes, food talk is over. Let's get into the game showcase. If you are living under a rock and you somehow did not know, Xbox and Bethesda just had a massive game showcase Sunday. And obviously, we are here to talk all about it. Just a little bit that you might have missed or you might not have known. There was a ton of games shown, like over 50 games that were shown during this showcase and all of the games that were shown there well with the exception of these couple right here overwatch 2 but that's going to be free to play the callisto protocol diablo 4 but that will eventually come to game pass because of the blizzard acquisition resident evil 4 and dead space every game that we're about to talk about every game that you look up is going to be on game pass and on top of that, Xbox decided not to do the Sony thing and show off a game and then show it off the next year and then show it off the next year so we know it's coming six months, six years in the head. They showed off games that were coming in the next 12 months. So every single game that we you're about to hear or every single game that you hear that you see will be available within the next year. With that being said, asterisks. Asterisk. <laughs> it's supposed What's, to be in the next 12 months. Okay. Yeah. Supposed to be. It would not surprise me if we hear some delays. 
But you know what's coming out as soon of right also? now? Halo Infinite Co-op. Uh, Asterisk. Split 343. Asterisk. Duke Nukem yes. Forever also. Obviously, pending some sort of ga- of delay, the intention right now is every single game is going to be coming out in the next year, which is amazing because this list is pretty solid. Um, But yeah, let's get into some games. Let's go to Nate first. Oh, thanks for pushing to me first. Um, So... Uh, lots of games I was excited about, but a game I had not heard about, and I don't think anyone had heard about it. I think this is the first we've heard about it. Maybe it was announced for Steam earlier. I don't know. The game. Let's just cut to that. The Last Case of Benedict Fox. Now, this is, mm-hmm. uh, like Kenny was saying, this is definitely a Game Pass game, and this one is slated for spring of 2023, according to Xbox. Um they showed this in the trailer uh, or in the sizzle or whatever you want to call it, the showcase, the regular showcase. And it was super cool. I thought it was this really dark kind of like stranger things, kind of uh, Lovecraftian type game um, where a detective who is bound to a demon. So already it's kind of weird. It's already mm-hmm. kind of different. Um, and They say that he's exploring the memories of deceased victims as you search for clues and fight demons in this fantastical Lovecraftian Metroidvania. So that caught my eye, but I didn't know that right away. I thought, oh, this is a cool action-y platformer. Um, You know, it's got this really cool style. Uh, And then I was looking at the combat. So there's, there's knife combat, there's gun combat, there's like special powers. He has like these, um, these, uh, ethereal tentacles that come out and like was, they were grabbing a bad guy and mm-hmm. it was super cool. Um, he's a demon so, or at least uh, demon possessed. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's from the demon or if these powers change per uh, deceased victims memories that he's in, but that's how the game gets cool. Right? Because if he's in a mansion, that's kind of a small playground, but if he is in the memories of deceased victims, then you can get kind of wacky with it and you can get kind of all sorts of crazy uh, spaces. And that makes sense based on what we saw in the trailer. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, Yeah, man, this game looks super cool. Uh, It says use your weapons, demon powers and surroundings in creative combinations to overcome demons, monsters and cultists. But remember that concentration and a tactical approach are your greatest assets. So that's cool to me that, that maybe hints that it's not going to be, just guns blazing, but you're going to have to think about the combat. You can't just go in there and just button mash. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very interested in learning more about this one. I yeah. thought, oh, go ahead, Kenny. I was just going to say, it reminds me kind of like a limbo or inside kind of platformery type thing. It did. I guess, I guess all that dark um, kind of like atmosphere or were yeah, you thinking anything like, else? Well, that, and it's like a scroll left to right, you know, 2d, pseudo 3d whatever you want to call that gotcha and i thought aesthetically this game was one of the more unique in the show i think there were many many great things covered but there was still a lot of third person shooter first person shooter kind of the typical things we see there was this one uh pentiment which also looked super unique and i don't know that any of us Mm -hmm. had flagged to talk about that one but that one i think is a new obsidian game which yes had a really neat aesthetic. And then as dusk falls was another one that had a real 
different sort of more artistic presentation. So it was cool to see a, a game like Last Case of Benedict Fox, where I, I'm with you, Nate, and I think most of us are in the same place where this was nowhere on my radar. I'd never heard of this before. And just the description, the look of it, the feel of it was immediately. And then, of course, the Game Pass you know, release. Like this, this definitely moved right up the list of things to add to game collection as soon as it's available to try to get in there while it's new and everyone's excited to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was excited about this. And then I think it was like hours later, I I've discovered the Metroidvania angle. So, you know, yeah, I didn't like it tired. I see that. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it at first either, but watching this trailer again, mm-hmm. I do spy with my very own eyes, a double jump. <laughs> Now, I, there's a, I don't there's know a you, clue. Vayner confirm. When yes. I was watching it, I had a, a really difficult time understanding what that demon was saying. Uh, I turned on captions on YouTube and it was perfect because then I could tell exactly what the demon was saying. <laughs> so as per usual, as soon as I fire that game up, boom, subtitles like going to be on. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, this was one of those games that when I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Nate's loving this. <laughs> Yeah, it just I mean, totally like, uh, had Nate game written <laughs> all over it as soon as it started to air. I just I thought surprises. it was a uh, Nate game. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, me too. We're, we're all in agreement. <laughs> uh, so then the next game uh, that I figured I'd talk about is High on Life. Yeah. Once again, Game Pass. Uh, this one is slated for October 25th, 2022. So uh, not that far away. It's, it's going to be in just a couple months. Uh, fresh out of high school with no job and no ambition, you've really got nothing going for you until an alien cartel that wants to get high off humanity invades Earth. Now you and a team of charismatic talking guns called Gatlians, which I think is hilarious, must answer the hero's call and become the deadliest intergalactic bounty hunter the cosmos has ever seen. This is written by Justin Roiland, who is uh, Rick and Morty and Trover Saves the Universe. Yes. <laughs> You're going to be completing hunter challenges meeting weird, fun, and hilarious characters, collecting an array of alien technology, and more. And the best part is the developer uh, sizzle or the developer commentary they had on the extended showcase. Uh, They coined a new phrase that I am going to be stealing, and that is triple I. So an indie that is such high quality that it's a triple indie or triple I I game. I love that. (laughs) And they also said it was Metroidvania. I did not know that going in, but this game really? just, oh yeah, this game just oozes and just reminds me of Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh, so we were wondering when we we're going to get a sequel to that. Well, we've got uh, a spiritual sequel or spiritual successor or whatever you want to call it, a spiritual brother uh, into that game. I think this game is great. I really love the trailer. I like the way the, the whole thing was put together. It was top notch. The music was great. It went along really well with the action and you definitely get the vibe that the guns are a huge character in this game. Um, they're oh, talking yeah. to you. <laughs> it's, it's, they all say different things. One, one, one gun. Uh, this looks a little bit like um, kind of like a ratchet and clank in, in like the variety of the weapons. Uh, mm. this, this gun opens up and shoots out these little balls and they're out in the field. And the gun says to you, those are my babies. He goes, they die easy, but don't worry. It's easy to make more. <laughs> 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 I just, <laughs> uh, that got me. Uh, so I started laughing when I saw that. Um, I'm not a huge uh, Rick and Morty fan. Uh, Kenny, maybe you can mm. talk about that some. But uh, but yeah, the humor seems like it works for me in this game. Um, and I'm excited. So this was going to be a game that was on my list. 
one because I'm a shooter fan and two because I am a big big fan of Rick and Morty so putting those two things together it's just like oh yeah I want to try this and like Nate was saying this game just looks so funny it looks absolutely absurd I cannot wait to play it and coming in October 25th it's only a few days before my birthday so happy birthday to me I cannot wait to play this game. There's a lot of attention to detail too. There, you get a knife, and it's called Mister Stabby. Uh, yes. And when, when, you, <laughs> when he starts stabbing people, he's like, mm, mm, "I love it." And then um, there's there's like a context sensitive stab when there's this big eyeball creature, and when you stab it, you stab it right in the eye, and then when you pull the knife out, the the eyeball comes out. So it's not just like a generic stabbing motion. Like they've taken into consideration unique models and and. So I'm kind of, I'm really excited to level of polish this. I mean, triple I definitely, I, I'm very interested in seeing what else they've done. I love that triple I, uh, uh, whatever you call it. I, I didn't get a chance to watch the extended showcase, so I did not know that. But I love, I love that name for a game like this because yeah, it looks really, really good. And I also had absolutely no idea that it was a Metroidvania. Yeah, that didn't come across to me in the video. Like, I got that vibe from Benedict Fox. I wasn't surprised to hear that confirmed, but not so much from this one. But we'll we'll see on October 25th. Yeah. Yeah, even if not, it looks like it's a cool first-person shooter with a lot of uh, character. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, the guns know, a have of a lot of character. So, I mean, that's the, forget the characters yes. themselves. Yes. So even if it doesn't if it doesn't hit that or check that uh, Metroidvania box, that's just, that's mm. still okay. This thing is is still excitement worthy, I think. And of course, there is the hyperbong. Hyperbong. Yeah. What was that? Like the fr- it's like the first thing you see in the trailer, the hyperbong. You'll find it. I don't remember. That. I, if I remember correctly, I think that's like <laughs> what they use to maybe abstract the whatever from the humans. I don't know. This game definitely has a target like, audience. Humans are their of, drugs. Uh, <laughs> yes. The Taco Bell loving crowd will like this game. The White Castle to 3 a.m. people will love this <laughs> <Yes>. game. <laughs> yeah, it's from the creators of Rick and Morty. It's going to be bananas. <laughs> uh, the last so. game. I hope so. I'm sorry. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, say about High on Life? With a, game like, well, just, with a name like High on Life, I, I'd be surprised if there were drug references. Oh, the entire game is drug I was just going to say, like, with the glut of uh, first-person shooters, like Michelle alluded to, that this at least showed some personality, and we'll mm-hmm. see what the gameplay is like, it might, if it's repetitive or whatever, but as long as it keeps you guessing with random stuff. Well, somebody uh, pointed out, I think it yeah. might have been my brother, I was watching the showcase with him, and he said it looks like uh, like a colorful Borderlands, and it, it made me worry there for, for a second, mm. because... <laughs> The thing about Borderlands is the game has great character and personality, but the gameplay gets to be a little long in the tooth. So I hope that's not a problem we're going to experience in this one. But if it doesn't have as much of the typical things we kind of talked through with Borderlands, that if you don't like it, you're not going to like the game, this should be just fine. And, and Borderlands isn't a Metroidvania and never claimed to be one. So once again, it's curious to see how that gameplay aspect is actually going to work in the game once it's released. Mm-hmm. That should be a fun one. Okay, then the next game I was going to talk about was um, Diablo 4. 
Now, this is slated for sometime in 2023. They didn't give a date, and that's okay, because I want it to be super good. Uh, and by then, it might be in Game Pass. That's the hope. So, um, now, I don't think we can talk about Diablo 4 without at least mentioning Diablo Immortal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I have been playing a lot of Diablo Immortal. Have you? And there are zero achievements. Um, and <clears throat> it is very fun. It is Diablo uh, 3 Lite. Um, so it's a little, it's not as Diablo-y as uh, you know, Diablo 3, but it's cool. And they've innovated um, things. They've made the action uh, work on a phone, but it also works on your controller on the PC. It, and it's really fun game. Now, I have not paid a single cent, and I am not going to pay a single cent. At the point where I have to, I'm going to stop. At some point, I'd like to stop because I'd like to earn achievements. Um, but <laughs> I I feel like my love for Diablo Immortal is going to funnel right into Diablo 4. And like it just it just stresses how much I want that Diablo 4 with achievements, uh, and just I need it. Um, now... I was going to save this for last, but I'm going to bring it up because we just talked about the Diablo Immortal and their, uh, you know, their practices for uh, getting uh, monetary transactions or uh, microtransactions. Sorry, MTX. Rod Ferguson. <laughs> Rod Ferguson. Diablo. And once again, I said I didn't spend a single cent and I'm having a ton of fun and I don't feel gated. And but. it's it's great. But at the at the very, very end game, if you want to get the max level character, yeah, it seems like people who have the money can can do that and can then just whoop up on people if they spend you know a ton of money. Uh, but that's never been something I want to do, and I don't want to do any PvP. So it's not going to affect me at all. Um, however, Diablo GM, Rod Ferguson says, to be clear, Diablo 4 is a full-price game built for PC, P uh, PlayStation, Xbox audiences. We're committed to delivering an incredible breadth of content after launch for years to come, anchored around optional cosmetic items mm. and full story-driven expansions. More details soon. So not only is the game full price, but the expansions will also have cost as well. So they don't need the microtransactions to fund this game. So we would expect and hope, hope and expect, that uh, there's not going to be a microtransaction gouging uh, like there is in Diablo Immortal. So, um, so I think we can just put that to bed and just say, okay, let's trust that it's going to be good until proven otherwise. Yes, yes, we can. Uh, so this is an open world way game. Too optimistic right now. Was that oh, the I am optimistic. Yes, I think that. Was, I think a lot three's of people not like that. that. Exactly, three's not well, like that, and that's why I think that with four being full price uh, and being, yeah, yeah I, exactly. So I, I don't really think that blizzard there's blizzard is blizzard. I don't know why everyone's all down on Blizzard. Like, the games that they make are some of the best games. They are some of the best in their genre. Like, how can you not expect this to be a good uh, game? I just, I, I don't think understand that. The microtransactions element does sour people, right? Like, that's just mm -hmm. a thing. And I thought it was funny when the the video that was shown during the showcase for Diablo 4 really focused on the new me Necromancer class. And when they finish the video and it's like, we've announced the final class and everyone's like final with an asterisk because we know DLC is coming. Yeah, there's that immediate sense sure. <laughs> that like, right. it's not really final. Like we know this product, which hopefully everything goes the way that people hope it does. And this game will be coming into Game Pass. But you know, 
if you have to spend money on the full price game, that's not the end of your spending, even if it's not microtransaction based. And I just think even if the game is great, that does sour people on games, unfortunately. I think you are way too optimistic. Like, I'm not a Diablo fan. I've played a little bit of three, not enough to consider myself a fan of the genre of the series at all. So don't get me wrong. But everything that I hear about Diablo Immortal is bad because of the microtransactions and how bad it is. And did I've you, recently seen did you that. Just I, hear me talk about <laughs> Diablo Immortal and how good it is. I realize that From I'm not actually I'm not, played okay. it. I'm not talking about the gameplay. I'm talking about when it but gets you're a nice to man. the end game <laughs> and then it starts with the PVP and you know the end game stuff. That every I will also say that everyone that has talked about Diablo Immortal has also said that the gameplay is good. The yeah. story is good, but when you get to the end game, it then becomes a money hungry this is no longer free to play yeah, game. So don't play it. Just walk away. <laughs> Get, get the good game out of the way and then move on. I don't well, understand. I don't understand why people are so sour about this, but whatever. That's the only, We're talking about that's Diablo That's the only 4. reason why I say it's optimistic because <laughs> I know Diablo 4 is supposed to have like that, um, what they say, the shared world stuff after you beat like the campaign and whatnot. So the fact that it says anchored around cosmetic items, to me, that just sounds sus. Like, why not just come out and say, hey, all the microtransactions are only going to be cosmetic. Yeah. Well, it I, just I, sounds sus to me. This sounds like a PR <laughs> move that's not going to come back and bite them in later on when everybody well, gets mad that they start having uh, pay-to-win options. Fine. We can talk about that in I could be wrong. We can talk I about that in 12 months when it releases at the butt end of 12 months. <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk about Diablo 4. By the way, I hope it, I'm wrong. It's open world. There's almost 150 dungeons. Pretty cool. There's this new um, thing called Strongholds, which is uh, enemy territory that you need to reclaim. Once you've done that, uh, that area can turn into a new town. But my understanding is it's supposed like to stay open. So, yeah. So, it's, I guess the map's going to change a little. I don't know how that ties into any of this uh, multiplayer stuff or whatever. Uh, there are local events that pop up, very similar to how they pop up now. Uh, but, other, you know, other people can just take place or uh, <clears throat> take and join and play together on those when you run into them. Uh, there's Great. two player local co-op, I believe they said. Uh, there are PV- PVP zones where you can do PVP and have PVP done to you. Uh, and that doesn't sound fun to me at all, but whatever. Uh, then there's the Paragon system, which uh, in this instance of Diablo looks a lot like a job board uh, in the past. Uh, you can put it into specific stats and things like that. Uh, and in Diablo Immortal, it's a little bit like a job board. Uh, this looks like a Final Fantasy job board. Uh, it's that crazy. Paragon uh, or Path of Exile. System board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as it showed up yeah. on the screen, I became that woman in that meme with all the mathematics flying past her face. <laughs> I, I just was totally <laughs> lost when I saw that. There just looked like so much going on. Like, And somebody in the in uh discord i want to say it might have been kt echo was saying uh, i don't remember i'm sorry echo if i'm incorrect about that but somebody was saying in the discord about how most games that have job trees the trees are really very simplified you don't actually get to really dial down and stuff and they were they were like excited about this really complicated looking paragon system but it it just was it was one of those things where i was like i like diablo if Kronos is carrying me through it. Otherwise, it's not typically the kind of game I play. 
But but that huh. was the moment where I went, well, this is probably too complicated for me. I'm just not going to understand the finer bits. But for the people who do, so- they really <laughs> seem to gravitate toward like, oh, this is going to be kind of a cool thing to do and really dial in your characters. It's funny because someone else mentioned um, Path of Exile and they have crazy trees uh, in Path of Exile. Um, I, I well, I'll, I'll, I'm almost done here. Um, <laughs> uh, the classes that they've announced are barbarian, which has been, you know, just about everything. Druid, uh, necromancer, which has been just about everything. Rogue, which I guess is kind of like their demon hunter or whatever. Uh, and sorcerer. So um, they are changing things a little bit, but I'm sure the sor- sorcerer is going to play like a mage. Uh, I'm sure the druid's going to play like um, an Amazon or something like that. Maybe a caster as well. But um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm excited for this. And uh, I will be spending a ton of time playing Diablo 4. Uh, I, I just know it. Uh, I did that with Diablo 3 when it first came out. Um, and the fact that I can get the achievements is going to make it much easier to do. It looks really good. It looks really dark. I, like I That's said, day it. one... Upping the gamma. <laughs> Definitely on this game, I'm upping the gamma. It looks super dark. I also noticed that it said everything that they showed was captured from an Xbox. Um, and yes. you'll notice there was no UI. So I'm, I'm sure that there's UI customizations to turn all that stuff off. Uh, I hope there's also customizations to turn that stuff on because I'd like to know health and mana uh, and things like that. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's but a yeah. good catch. I didn't notice that. Yeah, you're right. And it like the scale of it. Like you're way zoomed out in some instances, like compared to uh, you know Diablo three, for instance. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I just I'm super excited about this, and I, I don't think the microtransactions are going to be an issue at all. But we can talk about that, like I said, in 24 months. Oh, you mean like how Diablo Immortal has those? <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't my game doesn't have them? <laughs> Did you? Um, uh, Michelle's brother was telling us about this today. How uh, I guess on Metacritic, it has been spammed more than any, any other game, by uh, user. It's got 5,000 user reviews that give it uh, a zero, basically. And I'm sure. And they yeah. all say the same thing, that it, it's like a cash grab or like whatever. So are they playing it wrong? Like, Does it give you that sense in the beginning? Because you're talking about the end game. Sorry to go back um, to that. I was just curious. I don't see why you would spend money while you're leveling up. I just, I just don't see why you would do that. Um, cause I'm having, I haven't hit the end of the story yet and I'm, you know, I'm, I've already reached level 60 I'm Paragon level 10, I think. And, um, I'm just having a, a ton of fun and I haven't spent a single cent and I don't intend to spend any money. Um, so I don't, I don't know why these people are complaining. Maybe these are people that uh, don't have a job and they play this nonstop and they've already hit end game and that's fine. For me, the game is, is fine. It's perfect. Even with microtransactions, right. I, I'm not going to be playing the PvP. I don't care about that. Uh, I do like the grouping up, and at some point, I'd probably get out leveled, and maybe that would be a, a case. But I'm going to drop this and move on before too long, uh, and I'll be on Diablo Four. So I don't know. All right, I do have one more concern with Diablo Four that it's only two player co-op. Wasn't three like four or six? I think he said Local. split screen. Yeah, so two-player two local, local co-op, I think. And then the online will be more? Okay, that makes sense. May, yeah, oh, yeah, the online is definitely more. Um, you know they were I saying, remember like, them talking about the two-player yeah. local. Yes. It's okay. open world, and you just kind of run into where people are. So I, I'm sure Ooh. they'll kind of, like, shard it, it off by server and stuff like that. It looks Locale. MMO-ish. It does. The, the new Diablo Immortal is very much 
like an MMO. You're going out, you're finding quests, you're grouping up with people. Uh, there are people in your zone when you're running around. Um, it, it really feels like it's, it's stolen some of WoW's MMO-ness. And mm-hmm. I know people don't like that, but for me, that's great, because I like WoW. Because like even this. the uh, vastly superior Minecraft Dungeons has a four-player local. Just so. <laughs> now it's possible if they have more uh, local co-op. I thought I saw two-player co-op, but <laughs> no, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate that game. All right. Uh, well, in that case, let's go to Michelle next. What are you looking forward to? Well. Before I go into what I'm looking forward to, I just wanted to cycle back real quick to Pentiment. Um, mostly because from the aesthetics of the game, I think a lot of people were saying it kind of looked like Astrologaster or Procession to Cavalry, which are both more lighthearted, mm-hmm. like That's what I thought, funnier yeah. kind of games. But I actually took a moment and read the description of Pentiment. And it says it's a historical mystery role-playing game that focuses on character development, heavily stylized art, and choice-driven storytelling in early 16th century Germany. You're an illustrator who's caught up in a series of murders over 25 years. And then it's got warnings about public execution, stylized gore, suicide references. So I think oh, this wow. game's a little darker than it may have looked uh, on the surface. But of course, we'll find out more about that as time goes on um but just wanted to circle back around to that because even though the game caught my eye i don't i feel like this is something that's more it's going to be a word of mouth thing if a bunch of people say that they enjoy it i'm more likely to play it Uh, unfortunately too as with all of these story driven kind of narrative games if the achievement list is easy we all know that we're all going to wind up with it on our tags at some point at least anyway i wanted to Mm. focus on actually a piece of expansion content first uh, the Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels expansion. Yes. So I did not play Forza Horizon 3. And the major complaint that seemed to persist with this Hot Wheels expansion being announced is, yeah, it looks cool. And yeah, it's probably going to be awesome. But they've done this before. And I haven't played it. But in that same breath where people were saying they've done this before. Oh, but it was also one of my favorite things they did. So I'm pretty pumped. I It just... Mm-hmm. It looks like a ton of fun. The visuals looked amazing. Everything. And we didn't yes. we haven't really touched on that a whole lot in what we've been discussing here. But almost all of the footage shown, I believe, was for throughout the showcase was actual in-game footage. So we're long from the I days right. of E3s where you're watching a cutscene, something that was a pre-generated sort of thing. The the DLC looks beautiful the tracks look amazing i cannot wait to get in and actually give this a try now one complaint i had heard is that because hot wheels is on tracks and forza horizon is open world it feels a little restrictive uh kenny you played the forza horizon 3 hot wheels expansion i did not the first forza game that i actually really got into was horizon 4 so I, like you, have never played the okay. Hot Wheels expansion. Nate, did you play it? I did not okay. play it. Uh, I downloaded it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll all be experiencing this uh, for the first time together, more or less. And it's launching in July, so it's soon. It's about a month from now. I cannot And I know wait. there's some other pieces to it. If you pay attention to Forza Horizon DLC releases, they're usually testing what's coming next. Right, So we all have talked about how the Lego expansion from Forza Horizon 4 was really testing the accolade system that's implemented throughout Forza Horizon 5. 
And it is unlikely that this Hot Wheels expansion is going to do that. But it's, I think it's still going to be a whole lot of fun. And I cannot wait to go experience that content so with other people. It's it's going to be a blast. So I'm mm-hmm. watching the trailer again. It looks so good. I cannot wait because it's not just, hey, here's a track where you can race on. It's got like the like how it has the wheels that launch your cars faster. It's got the, the turbo zones, essentially. It's got like turbo zones. They're doing loops. It's going up in the air, winding, winding through the mountains. It looks so cool. It just looks like so much yeah, fun. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's Hot Wheels, so it has that popping orange track going through the beautiful world that is Forza Horizon 5. It, I, I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm curious what the achievements are going to look like. They usually do a pretty good job of mixing in sort of basic like get five, get three stars on these different events with hit a certain speed in a certain race or get from point A to point B in a certain time. So curious how that will all be worked in as well. Mm-hmm. Moving on from Forza, one other thing that got my attention was a, not even a game announcement, and that was Hideo Kojima announcing a new project coming to Xbox. Now, I know this isn't a whole lot of information, but <laughs> I'm excited because this leads into the next thing that was probably the thing I was most excited to hear out of the whole showcase. The fact that Xbox is making these really wonderful uh strides towards working with the Japanese market is super exciting. And there are games that I don't think yes. any of us are talking about that are coming into the service. There's that one, um, the Battle Arena type game. What was it? No, we talked about it before we recorded. Um, a, and the name. Akara. Yeah. Akara. Um, Shoot, what was it? That's coming through, which was also announced during the showcase. And there's, um, well, I should have done a little more research before I started to just talk about this off the cuff. But Naraka Blade Point. I'm sorry? Yes. Say? Naraka Blade Point. Okay, thank you. And then there's also Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which is another thing that's themed out there. I'm actually, I should have paid more attention to who the developer is. Oh, that's Koei Tecmo, if I recall recall correctly. So it's just cool to see these sorts of developers coming through. Hideo Kojima, you may not love his output what he's put out there i know he can be sometimes sort of a divisive figure because are his games really as good as people hype them up to be obviously that's a personal thing but just that interest coming from that part of the game development landscape is super exciting no we're not at a point where we've received news about final fantasy 7 remake net yet although it coming to pc might be a step in the right direction but what we did receive news yeah. of during the Xbox Bethesda showcase, which was a huge surprise, at least to me, was the arrival of three Persona games. And those would be Persona 5. I don't know if it's Persona or Persona, and I'm going to use them interchangeably. Someone will correct me in Discord, I am sure. Uh, Persona 5. Don't take it personally. <laughs> uh, Persona 5 <laughs> Royal, Persona 4 um, Golden, and Persona 3 Portable. So the Persona series started on the PlayStation 1, I believe, many years ago, and has since been a PlayStation-exclusive franchise. 
Atlas has released surveys in the past asking about interest in these games coming to Switch, these games coming to Xbox, and they were sort of met with the general shrug, like, okay, a survey is a survey, but what's this actually going to mean? The fact that all three of these games are coming and they're launching into Game Pass is huge. Huge. And Persona 5 is going to be the first one that comes out that's coming out in October. And if you think about the fact that somebody who owns a PlayStation 5 is going to have to purchase that full brand new PlayStation 5 version of that game probably for $70 and you as a Game Pass subscriber get to just download it, that's awesome. That is so cool. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to these. I've heard really wonderful things. I didn't actually love the first Persona game when I played it. So um, I avoided them because my experience wasn't great. But I've heard nothing but really great things. I think three is considered to be the high watermark of the franchise, but as with most things, there, there's going to be your personal opinion entering into it. But three and four will come in 2022, so, or 2023. So we are getting them backwards, but that doesn't matter. The fact that we are getting them at all is is amazing and a huge coup yes. for Xbox and, and hopefully a really important sign for things to come to Game Pass, especially with regard to Japanese development and Japanese role-playing games. 100%. You plan to play this, Kenny? That's... I will probably check it out because it is like the JRPG type stuff. And while I'm not the biggest fan of the JRPGs, I do enjoy uh, some of them, like the Final Fantasy series, for instance. Um, I know I had a friend who was PlayStation exclusive, you know, all times all Xbox has new games, Xbox sucks. And me and him would go back and forth, obviously Jessing. And the Persona games were one of the things that he would always talk about. It's like, oh, do you have this game? Oh, wait, no, you're Xbox. You didn't get to play them. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we're not just getting them. We're getting them in Game Pass. So while he's going to go out and buy these, I just get to download them. This is huge. Yeah. The Japanese market is where Xbox really, really struggles. And getting something like the Persona series on the platform just for just for starters is just a huge step in the right direction. Well, and this is all a little further afield, I think. But, like, the obviously the strategy is not the console but the service, right? Xbox Game Pass. 100%. And if the Japanese market has been cool towards buying Xboxes for whatever reasons, the fact that their Samsung TV, if they get one, is going to have a Game Pass app that they can use to stream these same games down, it's all just it's part of building this global brand with the Game Pass uh, service. And it's it's smart and it's exciting because this is more opportunity for those of us who are single console households to get to experience these really amazing games. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. I it also struck me as I was researching this earlier. I know when we talk about like top rated games, we usually hear like Breath of the Wild and things like that, and rightfully so. But and Metacritic isn't the be all end all. But Persona Five has a ninety five Metacritic score. Wow. I mean, this isn't like a game that is just well regarded in this small pocket of people. This is a highly regarded JRPG. So no, it's not Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know that's something that people wanted. But this is a big deal. And the more yeah. 
of us who are interested in this sort of thing who go and download this game and enjoy it and show those numbers, the more we will hopefully eventually keep building that brand identity that yes, these are games we want to see in Game Pass and these are things that we think will be successful in Game Pass and please keep reaching out to these developers and getting them into Game Pass so we can continue to enjoy and experience them. Another little way to show just how big this game is, um, Joker from I assume Persona Five. Mm-hmm. I I know he's a I know he's a Persona character. I don't know which game he is, but he's in Super Smash Bros. The one on the Switch. Oh, so like if you have a character in Smash that's not an intent an official Nintendo property, that means something for the. Uh, caliper or the renown of your game. Very much so. And of course, there's Cloud so much sucks. other cool stuff to discuss. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pin in it right there because this could easily go on all evening if we sat and highlighted every single game. Because they're, they, they, this was just a great 95 minutes of programming. If you're, especially if you're an Xbox gamer. Yes. Uh, with that, oh. What you looking forward to? You're gonna trust me now? Sort of, kind of. Bad idea. Uh, so I'd be remiss if I didn't quickly talk about um, my excitement for the uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Now I'm gonna talk about this quickly since it wasn't part of yes. this showcase. But a week prior, there was that other showcase uh, that came out right after we recorded last week's episode. Uh, what was that? That presentation exactly? Do you remember? Because um, I don't. It's the Summer Some... Game Fest or Summer okay, Game, yeah, yeah, Summer of Games. Jeff Keeley's like thing, yeah, yeah. I think Summer Games Fest. That sounds right. Okay, there's yeah, so many showcases um, going on right now. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry to to divert, but real quick, because uh, the guy came on the stage and he's like, uh, "We have we have TMT Shredder's Revenge, and there's one more point uh, that was never known before." And then he comes on, and then we find out that there's Casey Jones, a seventh character. We find out that um, the game is going to be six-player online co-op. And then we find out yes. it's coming to Game Pass. And then and then it's like, Freaking oh, by the way. Awesome. And then it's, oh, yeah, game comes out next week. <laughs> so we learned four amazing things. So that Just is exciting one bomb for after me. the other. Yeah. So I apologize. I know that wasn't part of Bethesda you. showcase, but I had to mention it. Because I'm really excited for it. And it drops in the next day or two as we're talking about this. So I'm very excited. And I'm sure you'll be hearing about that next week. So I won't talk too much more about it. 100%. Um, But that's what got me excited. Because most of the games in the Bethesda showcase, with the exception of the Diablo and a couple of others, seem to be on the single player side. And I tend to gravitate towards multiplayer. uh, Usually co-op. Uh, there was one game, uh, as Dusk Falls, that you know the creators came on. They talked about this eight-player multiplayer experience. Uh, but then they showed some, uh, I guess, quote-unquote gameplay. And it was basically just these characters moving around. They looked cool, but I didn't really get a sense of what the game was. Am I crazy, or did I, did I miss something? Because the aesthetic was cool. But I'm not quite sure what I was looking at. As Dusk Falls, to my understanding, is a narrative game. So it's like a telltale. Yeah. So you're going to be making dialogue choices. I mean, it might 
might be more similar to Oxenfree than Telltale, since the dialogue seems to flow more freely, but there's no there's no actual it doesn't seem like there's like movement. Like you're just kind of making narrative choices throughout. So I think and that's why when multiplayer surfaces like, well, I wonder what that what, how is it multiplayer? Yeah. Because it's it's a story based game. But yeah, that's why you didn't see too much gameplay footage, because that, that is the gameplay, is those sort of still screen pieces that move almost like a visual novel, where you'll see different facial expressions based on what the character is saying at the time. Yeah, it went from like still one still photo to the next, and then in the next scene, it's like a fully animated, like cinematic kind of... Tr- a video or cutscene is a very unique art style. Yeah, this those is are one the, of the things. I'm not surprised UL were interested in this. Those are the games it that looks stood kind of out your to alley. me. Or the colorful games, because there was really just uh, here's a shooter, here's another shooter, here's a dark game. But then there were some colorful games, and those are the ones I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is called Lightyear Frontier. Which which looked like a Kenny game. Yeah, it's like... This is 100% a Kenny game. (laughs) It's your new favorite genre, a farming simulator, I think. And there's this, like, robot. And I think he's a tractor, or I don't know. I guess he's like a a person in a tractor. And this looks so bizarre. It's like a tractor slash mech? Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that was funny is that when I was watching the trailer uh, again to prepare, <laughs> a quick commercial for the movie Lightyear <laughs> came on the screen. And I'm like, How oh, th- yeah. So I think people looking for this game might be inundated with um, Buzz Lightyear <laughs> uh, videos. So I don't know if that's good or bad for them. Probably good. Yeah. It'll be a Lightyear Frontier. It kind of looks like Baby's First Rift Breaker, if if anybody's played that game or remembers me talking about that game a few a few weeks ago. I do, and I made the joke about how uh, Rift is breaking. <laughs> so, yep, there you go. <laughs> I remember. They're breaking yeah, the Lightyear Frontier break. promises to bring a mashup of farming, exploration, resource management, and base building. This could not be more of a Kenny game and yeah, less of a Yeah, that was a Kenny game. game. Totally. 100%. I wonder Good pick if out. it's going to be a single-player game, though. I hope I didn't not. Get a, didn't I would get a, love for this to be like Zoo Tycoon or something like that and get a couple of people. I didn't get a sense. I think I even said during the showcase when this was on that, like, oh, good, it's another game for Kenny to carry us in on Thursday nights, so... <laughs> Looking forward to your contribution to the oh, group. I, I remember that. Yes, I did. didn't see that. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, there was another game you mentioned inside and Limbo earlier. Uh, There's another game, Cocoon, which I believe um, the main guy from Inside and Limbo helped design this game. But the gameplay doesn't look like yes. Inside or Limbo. It's more of a top-down, like, 3D game. But this game looked interesting. I know no one 
on this panel enjoys limbo or inside at all? Mm. No, definitely not. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, it looked a lot like creature. It looked There's a lot me. like creature in the well. It was. Um, <laughs> I'm taking it over now. This is mine. Oh, oh, no. uh, okay. it. it looked like creature in the well, and a couple of people like. First of all, I thought it was hilarious that uh, three of us couldn't get it, and then all of a sudden, Death Dealers comes in and is like creature in the well, and we we're like, I knew we'd get there. Like we finally got there. Go team. Um, but yeah, it reminds me of that game, and like you were saying, it's from you know the same guy who did Limbo and Inside. Uh, yeah, which is really cool that like you know applying it to a different game. Uh, another thing I don't think you touched on is that this is uh, published by Annapurna. Yes, really. So it's got the oh, Annapurna yeah, stamp on they it. They definitely said that. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> now they missed once or twice, but and so there's, there's not as much shine on Annapurna as there was in my mind. Uh, but I'm still very interested in this one. Yeah. And who's she? <laughs> Annapurna. <laughs> oh yes. Never heard of her. I don't know what you're talking about. Hardly knew her. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. Any thoughts on this one, Michelle? I believe it was this one where I saw the intro part of it, and I was really excited that it might be Journey, but it wasn't. I think it was this oh. one. But I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I saw Annapurna, and I was like, huh? Annapurna? They're good 80% of the time. Cool. And I, it's it's intriguing because it does have such a good pedigree, but I don't know what the vibe I got of the game was. Like I watched the trailer clearly because I was watching all the trailers, but other than these points that you've mentioned, it being by the person behind Inside and Limbo, it being an Annapurna game, it fooling me into thinking it was Journey, I really don't remember much about the trailer, and that that's a little odd because it, that mm-hmm. part of it did not mm-hmm. stick out to me. But we'll see when the game releases. You know, I'm sure we will be getting more assets about the game as time goes on. We will learn more about it. Oh, yeah. So we'll get a better sense of all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I I was, my interest in the game peaked at Annapurna, that logo, and kind of dived off after that. The, the video didn't really bring it together for me. Okay. Uh, there was one more that caught my eye, another colorful one. I'll shout this one out for Mr. Rocker Dude, who I think enjoyed this one also. And it is Ravenlock. Now, this one is, I guess, the third in the Voxel trilogy with Echo Generation and Riverbond. I never played either of those two games, but I'm pretty sure they're they're highly regarded. And they're from uh, Coco Cucumber. And just Good looks name. like an action RPG. So I'm, I'm all about those. Was this the one that... Uh, yes, it okay. was. This it was, was the, not it was the one that looked like Alice, yeah, not in, Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. It's like, we, did, we couldn't quite get the license for Alice in Wonderland, so uh, here's not Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> It, but it was memorable. You knew exactly where you were going for, with that. for that, right? Yeah. Like, because I, I was honest, it was memorable. I was very surprised when I saw the name of the game come out, and it wasn't even referential to Alice in Wonderland. Yep, like Ravenlock <laughs> sells you nothing. Like I, mm-hmm. and, and I obviously it's by design, but it's so clearly inspired by Alice in Wonderland. So it was 
a little confusing, like why they didn't choose to name it in a way that kind of matches that convention a little better. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the trailer again right now, and yeah, I mean, like, there's like a there's a white rabbit on the on the like the main screen. The the big boss looks yeah. like the Queen mm-hmm. of Hearts. Uh, th- there was a little scene where she's overlooking a uh, a cliff, and there's a huge cat sitting there. Like, yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> like this is all over. It's it's got it's got to mention it at some point, right? It's got I to. I would imagine so. The main character's name is Alice. Yeah, or Malice, or... Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> <Malice>. <laughs> That's so good. Malice in, Malice in Balan Wonderland. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, you ruined it. <laughs> and with that, we go to you, Kenny. All right. So you guys have mentioned a couple of the games I was going to mention so i only have two more games to talk about the first game which was actually the first game shown was redfall now i'm like 99.9 percent positive i've talked about this before when this was originally shown last year or whatever idea at xbox or whatever showcase it was revealed this game looks like it might really be something it looks really good so far it is, I mean, it's red, it's left for dead, it's back for blood. It's that type of co op, go out, shoot hordes of something. In this case, it's vampires, and it just looks great. Like everything about this, I was just getting left for dead vibes. And we finally actually got to see a gameplay trailer, whereas last year it was the, um, it was just a cinematic trailer. And yeah, this is from the produce. This is from Arcane Studios. So it kind of has the Dishonored vibes to it, like in the art style and whatnot. I didn't like Dishonored, but this being a shooter for me, that, you know, just ticks that, that check mark or that box. I'm very much looking forward to this. It looks spooky. The guns, gunplay, and all that stuff looks like and this might be fun. And. I don't know how you feel about this, L or Michelle, but this might be a potential for a Thursday night game well, when it finally does come There is one out. very important thing we need to know uh, before we determine whether or not this is a Thursday night game. Prue really needs to know if there's any deck building. <laughs> I knew that's what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> for Prue's sake, I hope there's no deck building in this. Yeah, it looked it it looked like another variation on the theme. I, I actually came in on the middle of this trailer, so I didn't catch the beginning of it. I don't know that that would have made a difference one way or the other, but it looked like another reskin of Left for Dead, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, it's just it, it's got to do something to differentiate itself to not feel like more of the same, or it has to be really, really, really good at emulating that so that it still feels fun. So I'm definitely interested in it. It's a Game Pass game. It's going to be another good candidate for a multiplayer game for those of us who have groups that mm-hmm. we game with so i'm looking forward to it in all those contexts i'm just i, I do get concerned times a little bit with burnout over sameness for these games because uh, again unless it's introducing new mechanics or things that really set it apart these people know how to develop games the gunplay is going to be fine so i'm curious about that end but I- i'm sure we will give it a go i don't know how you feel about it al 
Yeah, my I, when I was taking notes uh, for this, my uh, notes were uh, generic uh, game. No, um, it looks cool. <laughs> we didn't see much gameplay. I just want to bust on Kenny there, but uh, mm. there's definitely that that picture of four people walking together. So it looks like it should be four player co-op online. So yes, that's an automatic candidate for our Motley crew or Motley Pru. I mean, I guess one of the things that could differentiate from something else. I mean, like, yes, it does look a little generic. So I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. But at least this and one, it looks like it has some sort of like these titles suck. Some sort of powers with mana or something like that. Because there's a guy that has like some sort of a force field, and I just saw there's another one that can go invisible. So yeah, there might be something in there because I. Like I said, there's something of vampire, so maybe if you get bit or something, and they either like half vampires, half humans, I have no idea. This is we open haven't world. Seen, we haven't had anything in depth for this yet, but from what we've seen, this looks cool. I like what I'm seeing. Instead of zombies, they're vampires, and we're vampire slayers. So there's a difference. Yeah, they're nothing like zombies. They're <laughs> exactly. Completely <laughs> different. <laughs> the way they swarm is completely different. I mean. What zombie would explode like a blood bag? I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly. That's just silly to think that this is anything like that. <laughs> yeah. That's Redfall. Can't wait for that to come out. And then the, the other game. And I mean, come on, guys. If you listen to this show for any length of time, you know that I am hyped for Starfield. Elder Scrolls you know online. that this oh. was going to be the game. Uh... We finally got actual gameplay of Starfield. A lot of it, yeah. And quite honestly, it looks generic. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> the gunplay doesn't look that good. It looks very generic. It doesn't look like anything special. But what makes me excited for it is that it is a Bethesda game. And it looks like it's taking a lot from what they've learned from the Elder Scrolls and Fallout, especially Fallout because guns. And they're applying it to this. And now we're going into space. And the best way that this, that you can put it the way this looks, it looks like Bethesda decided to put, take, or Bethesda decided to take No Man's Sky and make it a AAA game. Or actually, really, in this case, a quadruple A game, because that's starting to become a phrase with some games, where there's you have this massive quest where they've come out and said that they expect the main quest to take anywhere from 30 to 40 hours. Uh, there's a thousand planets that you can explore, some of which you go in to mine materials for, for whatever missions that you're going to be going on. You can also use those materials to create a base in which case you, you can employ people to help you produce whatever or do whatever. It sounds like you can set up your own kind of a town. You can build your own spaceship to go out and do doll fighting in space. Uh, yeah, it just looks like a massive, massive open galaxy type game. It looks humongous I I love Elder Scrolls. I love what Bethesda does. Everything about this, I am very much intrigued by. I, f- I cannot wait to play this one. I feel like I'm repeating myself a bit here, 
But I get the distinct impression that if you love Bethesda and you love their games and the things they've developed, you will love this game. If you are indifferent to Bethesda, this will not change your mind. And I don't know that that's what they're trying to I do. Um, but I, I, I'm actually surprised to hear you say you felt like it looked kind of generic or not interesting because I always thought that was just sort of the takeaway of people like myself who are like, okay, yeah, this looks like every other Bethesda game out there, which I know is a gross misstatement, but there, there's definitely a look. There's a certain quality to them that you know it's that development. Um, but that that doesn't really dampen your interest in it, right? It's it's the potential of these thousand planets you can explore and all that. Yes. That's really the, the key point, correct? Yes. And I don't think what you just said is a gross uh, exaggeration of Bethesda. Bethesda does what Bethesda does. They know what they have and they're good at it. When I mean like it looks generic, I'm not super excited for the gameplay. It just looks like a shooter. Like if you watch a trailer, it it really just does look like nothing special. There's nothing really eye popping about it. And if Starfield was quite literally any other developer, I would say, oh, I bet that's cool. And I probably would never play it, but because it's Bethesda, excuse me, and because it has the, they have the caliber behind it, I enjoy what they do. I'm really interested in this. And yeah, it's just the potential of what's there. I love the exploration. I love the open world, be able to go do whatever you want. You can, the the character customization for this should be, really really good to the point where you can even change the way your character walks i find that very interesting that they're getting that in depth with character customization so how did you feel about the ship building that they showcased i freaking love it i'm so excited i love that that is so me yeah i i couldn't figure out how to make the gummy ships in kingdom hearts that was pretty much my last that's exactly what i said (laughs) and all that so I was streaming this, and as soon as I saw that, I went, it's this gummy ships from Kingdom Hearts. I love that part. That's awesome. I love doing that in Kingdom Hearts. I spent way too much time doing that, so when I saw this, I got excited. Very cool. And, like, I love dogfighting games. So, like, I mean, I have the unpopular opinion that I really, really, really enjoyed that uh, space battle in Halo Reach. That's what that is one of my favorite levels from the game. I know it's unpopular opinion. I know people hate that part. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. So being able to do that in this and then have the base building with the management and all the exploration. Yeah, I'm very much for this game. My only hesitation is I hope that those thousand planets, they learn from Mass Effect and it's not just like, oh, it's a thousand planets but really all you do is just you know go get some materials off of it if it's like a thousand planets that like you can land on and there's a large environment for you to explore and you go to this remote little location and hey there's some guy living in the cabin and he has a quest for you and it takes you to this planet and that that's what I'm looking forward to because that's what they did so well with Skyrim it I have a lot of complaints about Skyrim, but one of the compla- but one of the things they did so well with that is the world building, and this being in space, and now for next gen hardware, 
I, I, I just, the sky's the limit for this one. I cannot wait to see what they do for this. This is one of the games I'm probably going to take a day off of work from and just play it all day long. But yeah, I guess that, like I said, that was the only two games. That's the only two games I'm going to specifically talk about. Um, before we wrap up and get on to the rest of the rest of the show, does anybody have any thoughts or comments that they would like to talk about the show as a whole or anything else they'd like to mention? I have a mention? question for everybody. Go for it. What part of the show, if any, was underwhelming to you or didn't meet your expectations? I will go first uh, if, if it helps you to think. Um, I had two things. I, I got something, but you I had can two things that struck me. I did not get scorn. I don't know what that game is exactly. Oh yeah, that is but, not for me. And I usually like survival horror type games or just horror games in general. But I watched that trailer and I was like, I don't know, there are body parts and and I, I have no idea what's going on. That trailer. It looks gross. Top to bottom was just a miss for me. And the other one that I did not get really was Minecraft Legends. And I know that for a different audience. I was waiting mm-hmm. to bring this up. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's okay. I, oh, you I, I know there's no, no, no. a different audience for this. But two things about this. Minecraft Dungeons is like the most bland version of that type of game that's just in a Minecraft skin. And I know it's downloaded by a bunch of people and all that, but I don't think it's particularly good. At least it doesn't strike me that way. Although I, I did already confess earlier that's not really my type of game. But the other thing is, as I mentioned earlier, most of these games showed in-game content. And this was one of the few that actually pointed out that that was not in-game content, that that was like pre-rendered footage. It's Minecraft. Like, we saw in-game content mm, of the new Forza Motorsport. The I don't know if it's a reboot or however they're doing it. And, and they showed a single camera shot of, like, just the world and Maple Creek or whatever. It, it, like, it was beautiful. But this Minecraft Legends stuff was, like, footage we're working on right now. And it just, it was sort of, like, I, Minecraft branching out into things that aren't Minecraft generally is a miss to me. So this was also something where I was like, eh, I get that you're tagging tacking the Minecraft name to something to sell it. I'm not sure that that's actually the best use of the studio's resources. Like maybe let them actually branch out and do something really different if they don't want to develop more Minecraft. So with that said, were there any other things for any of you guys that were things that didn't quite hit, not necessarily that ruined the showcase, but that just you didn't get or, or it wasn't what you were expecting? Um, yeah, you were there, right, Michelle, when my son was watching that trailer and he was like, I was not. What the heck? I, I was not, although you did mention it oh. in, in chat. Oh, maybe he mentioned that after. Yeah, he was, he, you know, he's a huge Minecraft fan, and he's not really interested in it, just from from what they showed. Um, he wants more Minecraft, and, and, you know, when he plays Minecraft Story Mode or Minecraft Dungeons, they look, it looks like Minecraft, but it, it's not Minecraft. So I don't get what it's supposed to be. We'll find out. It was a teaser. There was a lot of teasers. I mean, it looked like it was supposed you to know, be like honestly, a Warcrafty type of thing, maybe, where, you know, you're kind of in this big open world and you do quests together with your friends. But I think, El, what you mentioned, your son had said, was that what he likes about Minecraft is building, and all of these Minecraft-adjacent games don't involve any building. Mm-hmm. Like crafting in Minecraft? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, should huh? be, it should be mandatory. Uh, what I was going to say is that overall, like when I first watched 
the showcase, I was underwhelmed. But looking back now and what all we've talked about, there's something for everybody. And that's all you can ask for. Yes. Like, we didn't even mention, like, a new expansion for Fallout 76. And, and the uh, and we went Forza this whole time Motorsport. without mentioning Forza Motorsport. Right. Yeah, we and, didn't mention Arc 2 and, uh, and uh, there's the other one, Erebon, so which is a new... I was going to mention Arc Two as as a well, letdown. Okay, we still can, uh, but it hasn't been mentioned yet. So <laughs> uh, there was uh, a brilliant song for Sea of Thieves new season. Oh that my was god, great. that is yes. the best. That trailer. was great. That was the best and trailer of the. It was of the show. so good. Like I'm not going to play it, but it was so good. <laughs> I wish Sea of Thieves was good. Uh, I'm sure it bruh. is good. <laughs> I think it is now. We're just. I don't know. The combat is still garbage. Like really, if they would improve the combat. I I would love that game. Uh, but yeah, as an achievement hunter, that was hard to to commit to, unfortunately. That well, that is true too. Yeah. Oh, uh, Kenny, didn't um, aren't you excited about Grounded finally coming out for reals? Yes, yeah, that's another game that like I just didn't I mention because there's too much. I know there's so much. I'm very much excited for Grounded getting a full release. I would love to get a couple of people together to play that game. I don't know how many can get into it's a been single out server. But being able to have a community game night for with that, I think will be a ton of fun because I streamed that game when it first came out in the pre- into a preview, and I liked it. It's just, well, honestly, it kind of got lost in just everything, especially not being a full release. We also did it. Flight Simulator 40th anniversary. Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So yeah, well, that's we similarly didn't mention a Plague Tale Requiem, right? Like. Oh, a lot yeah, of people there's, there's in Discord so were much. super pumped yeah. for that one. I just think that we mm-hmm. hadn't played it, but I want to just put that on pause for a second. Why was Arc 2 a disappointment for you, Nate? Because it means I have to play it. Uh, I'm just worried. <laughs> I'm worried that there won't be console commands. Uh, <clears throat> I need there to be console commands for that game because, man, that first game was, ugh, why did I do that to myself? Man, that T-Rex that's in there looks cool, though. But it does have Groot in it, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> I am a family. <laughs> uh, Overwatch so, two. <laughs> that was yeah. Shown. I'm so excited for that. Really? I'm very. That's another game I'm very much excited for. And then there was one more game that I was waiting for Nate to bring up. Go ahead. Only uh, one. Uh, yeah, Nate, bring it up. That that other Vayner that they talked about. Oh, you wanted me to talk about Six Song? Yeah. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Um. Hollow Knight. Oh I am Hollow Knight is such a long game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I haven't finished it. Uh, and Silk Song is—I'm sure it's just more Hollow Knight, and and that's People good. It's a good Hollow thing. Knight. I mean, it's a it's a good game, but uh, I think it's a lot more Hollow Knight, and I still haven't finished the first game. Okay, uh, well, but not quite yeah, ready. People who loved Hollow Knight, I think, are going to be super excited for this. I'm excited that it that it's finally coming out, and then it's on Game Pass. That is super cool. Day one. Uh, so I'm excited for that, but <clears throat> to actually play the game, I would definitely won't be playing it day one, um, just because there's so much else out there. Well, when uh, Hollow Knight's behind on. Game Pass, then you'll <clears throat> I've already I've already purchased it, oh. but um, <laughs> so I, I don't need that kind of pressure. Excuse me. Uh, I would say the other disappointment I had, I was kind of hoping for like one more thing, you know, just a one more thing at the end, because we knew mm-hmm. at the top of the show that they were going to end with Starfield, uh, and while they I needed them to convince me to want to play Starfield. I was excited because it's an Xbox exclusive. And I know people are super into, um, you know, their Bethesda games. And 
So I was very excited that we got that and we learned more about it, and that's cool. But I was hoping for one more thing uh, and didn't get that. And that was kind of a letdown. But I, 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 uh, I think what got me there, like, and I, I said this in Discord at the time, this is the Xbox Bethesda showcase. It kind of makes, if, if they at the very end are like, and by the way, GoldenEye is stealth dropping today, that's what people would be talking about. They wouldn't be talking as much about that's Starfield. Fair. So yes. I understand that's fair. from a production standpoint why they did that. What got What made me disappointed was that they started talking about Starfield with like eight minutes to go. And I was like, I don't want to hear about Starfield for eight minutes. I really don't. Like, I'm not that interested. But that's what the this whole thing was about. Starfield is a major, major, major get for Xbox. And even if we don't feel that way yeah. personally, that can't be understated. This is a big deal. And it deserved the time that it got. So I'm with you, Nate. That disappointed me. But I completely understand why they did things the way they did. Yeah, not makes sense. Because I, I would go what ahead, the, Kenny. Uh, one thing to just to tack on to what Nate said about just needing that one more thing. There was nothing in this showcase that when you look at it, you go, that's the game. That's the new game of the year game. The thing that as soon as the Game Awards comes up, you're just waiting for this to to be there like more likely than not starfield is going to be there but it didn't really look like it and what i mean by that like if you see the god of wars or spider-man or um uh breath of the wild as soon as you look at that you go oh yeah i haven't even played it yet it's not even it's not even available but i know it's going to be a game of the year contender there's a ton of stuff on this list, so much that we didn't even get to, but none of it's like, yeah, I could see that in game of year. And that's more or less what I really want. I want something that's just like, yes, Xbox has a game a game of the year contender. That's the wow factor. That's the thing that everyone's talking about. And there really just was nothing there that can get to that level. Outside of Minecraft Legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess... The other caveat to keep in mind is that it is a next 12-month showcase. I was very surprised. I wasn't disappointed, mm-hmm. but I was surprised that we didn't hear about GoldenEye, that we didn't hear about Banjo-Kazooie, uh, because as as Fug said uh, in Discord, that the pipes were pretty leaky. Like, a lot of information was coming out, and it's sort of like you want to watch this showcase and be surprised. You don't want to know the big reveals. You want that moment of going, oh, no, they didn't. And none of that stuff that was revealed that particular set was mentioned so is that actually happening yeah. was that just a rumor is it is it happening but it's more than 12 months out so they want to sit on that uh i i was surprised not disappointed but surprised that those completely missed the showcase yeah Meh. i think a lot of that's coming late next year and 2024 and beyond Oh, there as was far one as, <clears throat> game I wanted to talk about, if that's okay, Nate. Uh, I was just going to do my overall, because I don't know if I, I fully got into my answer for overall. Uh, but overall, Go ahead. I was really excited going into this. I felt a little bit like it didn't pay all the way off at the end. But then the more I thought about it, uh, I was like, okay, well, what did I want really going in? Number one, I wanted to be surprised by new games. 
And number two, I didn't want to see anything that was going to be out in 2024, 2025, 2026. They hit my two things. Like, they were games I knew nothing about that I was excited for and I thought were cool. And everything they showed was supposed to be in the next 12 months. So they did exactly what I wanted. Uh, and, and also, they took all the boring stuff out. And they now yes, set like days before. Xbox. So, so that this, this showcase was just game, 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 game. And so much of it was in-game footage, not pre-rendered stuff. I would say it was like 90% like in-game captured from an Xbox. Um, that was super cool. So, yes. So, yeah. So I, the more I thought about it, I was like, no, this was actually, this was a solid showcase. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. What were we going to say, Al? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing, just typical L, you know, wrapping up and then I see another game that catches in my eye. Sorry about that. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> well, what was the game? <laughs> it's uh, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. Oh, we didn't even talk about that one. I know. <laughs> There's too much. There's so much. Like, it looks so cool. There's so and, much. And I, I just, it's one of the, the names of these games, like, they I don't always remember them. They're, they're kind of generic names. Well, a lot of them are new That's what it IPs, is. right? Like there, there isn't a lot of such and such too. After a, while. It, a lot of it's just right. That's cool. Is, is new, and that's and that is to to the point that some people are making. And I think this is sort of what you were touching on, Nate. Where I didn't really feel great about it initially because there wasn't something I was anticipated anticipating. You can't anticipate something you don't know is there. And there was a lot of stuff on here. Then, unless maybe you were really following, like industry pipeline stuff and seeing studios hiring for whatever you're just not going to know that the stuff was in development or you knew about it and mm-hmm. already had like a notion of it there is so much stuff here that's that's like new <laughs> and so the riot games uh partnership that's a huge that one. is that, humongous yeah. that is so big but as, as- wasn't there a, an mmo wasn't there an mmo called flintlock there was another game like, called Flint, Flint something. Earthlock. Yeah, Flint Earthlock. something was new. Uh, <clears throat> newish, not out yet. And I thought that was, I was very confused. I was like, this is that? Well, anyway, oh. <laughs> Flintlock looks like, uh, I, don't, I don't know why it would remind me of Rise, even though you're jumping around, like the just the way it looked and maybe like Darksiders. Uh, I don't know. It looks cool. I'll shut up now. Was Flintlock the one where Kenny, you, you have some like dog-like creature <laughs> that travels with you? And the very yes. end of the video was just like the yes. main character and the dog kind of sitting there and getting settled in. And everyone's like, oh, yes. there's um, a dog-like creature. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> Can you pet it's it? It's got like... No, you can't pet it because it's got like these horns <laughs> on its head. It would, be, it would hurt to pet it. Did you guys feel like as you hit sort of the hour mark of this that it was a little exhausting? Because it was so much like, here's a trailer, yes. here's a trailer, so here's a trailer. Much. Yes, I agree. In a good way. Yeah, it's so hard It's so hard to remember everything. Yeah, it's it's exhaustion in a good way. Um, One last thing just before we wrap this up. I think what really is showcased more than anything by this is Game Pass. Game Pass, I... If you're if you're a gamer, I do not know why you do not subscribe to it. Whether you have an Xbox or not, if you have a PC, a mobile phone, or or an Xbox, 
Game Pass is a must. It is so good. There's so much value in it. Um, after I was streaming, I was talking to a couple of people in chat, uh, Kingsman, The Rock, Logic Slayer, and I pulled up the Game Pass counter. There are 507 unique games in Game Pass right now between all the different ways that you can play it. That is so much. And just from this showcase alone, it's going to add so much more to Game Pass and its value and to Xbox. And while 2022 is looking kind of light, like there's not a lot of big things that have come out for Xbox right now. And on the horizon, there's not too much. I think this is the last year that anybody will be able to say Xbox has new games. 2023, just from what we see, is for sure going to be in 2023, is stacked. It is a stacked year. And we didn't even mention the heavy hitters. There was no Fable. There was no Gears. There was no Hellblade. Like, yeah, they might be beyond 2023, but man, does the future for Xbox look bright. And how long has it been since we've been able to say that? The entire Xbox One generation has been bad. The Xbox had no games. That mantra is about to end, and I am so excited for that. I cannot wait to see what the future holds. All those studio acquisitions and the studio acquisitions that are coming there's going to be too many games. Just straight up. We're going to have to not work in order to play <laughs> half of what's coming. There, there is a little bit of a sense. And, and they didn't plan the Xbox game showcase, the Xbox Bethesda showcase, in one night, right? This was clearly a, a well-designed over some time involving lots of teams. But this is right as we're learning details about Sony's subscription service and about the different tiers and about how like you get God of War, but you get it for three weeks and, Oh, we're never putting a first party title there because that'll make our first party title suck. And and this intense focus on game pass during this particular display is absolutely intentional (laughs) where it's just like, so, Hey, by the way, guys, we know they're releasing a sub service and that's cute, but check this out over here. And I, and, and it did it without actually firing shots directly you know, not even in a wink, wink, nudge, nudge sense. It just brought the info and it was brilliantly constructed. It was. Every single trailer had available now on, on Xbox or day one coming to Xbox Game Pass. Every every single one except, like I said at the beginning, like four, maybe five games that was mentioned or shown Xbox Game Pass. And just... It's just too good not to have at this point. It's just it's just too good not to have. But yeah, uh, I guess from that, let's get on with the rest of the show. Um, Oof. It's wild. Like, we have just talked for well over an hour. And if we really wanted to, we could probably triple that just by talking about this showcase. Well done, Xbox. Well done, uh, Phil Spencer in Phil we trust it was it was a sweet showcase I cannot wait to see what comes next um but yeah let's get into some sales we've been talking about what's coming so let's what's available now on the cheap end uh Michelle 
So nobody's buying games anymore, right? There's no point in having this segment. Mm-hmm. Is that? It's so hard to buy games. All right. Unless your name name is. Well, Nate. And here's what happens all mm-hmm. the time when we do these sales. I find myself going, "That's in Game Pass, right? Or it was? And not everything has been. And specifically, the game I'm recommending right. today, A Hat in Time. It's 14.99 down from 29.99. This is a 3D platformer in the vein of like a Super Lucky's Tale or you know the N64 games like. Uh, Mario 64 or Banjo-Kazooie, that kind of thing. Uh, it has a 4.25 rating on True Achievements, which is super solid. There oh, are wow. a couple of DLC packs. They do run $4.99 a piece, unfortunately. The official review for TA gave A Hat in Time a 7 out of 10 and basically was like, I really enjoyed the game, but it has some of the issues that these games typically have, like a restrictive camera and whatnot. But to my understanding, it is incredibly solid it's a very good example of the genre and we don't have a whole lot of games that are this 3d platformer niche that are quality on xbox it is a little older now i guess it came out in 2017 um but it it comes recommended i people i know who have played it do speak highly of it and it has not been on sale that much to my recollection so i i actually may go ahead and pick this one up because I was lucky enough to be bestowed with one of those $10 here buy something gift cards. And again, who buys anything? So this might just, just be the thing for me. Well, uh, what I was looking at this week is uh, Shantae, a Half Genie Hero, the Costume Pack DLC. Um, this is included in the Special Edition, but it is not in the Standard Edition. Uh, so you'd have to buy it separately. It's $4 down from 8 It's 10 achievements. It's one of two DLCs. Unfortunately, the second DLC is not on sale. So if you're looking to pick it up uh, or looking to fill out your uh, Shantae Half Genie Hero, uh, you might want to pick this <laughs> one up now and pick up the other one when it goes on sale. And the last thing I'm going to recommend, it wasn't that great of a sale this week. I think there's a two-week sale going on um, previously, so uh, slim pickings. Uh, Little Mouse's Encyclopedia. This is $2 down from 13 and that's the only price you should pay for this uh, zero to yeah. half hour game. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's listed as adventure, educational, and trivia, and visual novel. And it, uh, there, there's a walkthrough. Um, shame on you if you have to use it, I guess. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so don't, don't pay $13, pay two, or, you know, or don't. Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, there's three Palgi games on sale. Alpha Set, Gaps, and Word Breaker, all $4 instead of $8. Uh, we love Palgi games here at Achievement Hunting 101. Yeah, and we just got a new one that uh, maybe we'll show next week before the uh, live show. Or next week. Next month <laughs> before the live oh, show. I guess when the two of you would do the Palgi maybe. streams and everyone would be in chat screaming at you both for not figuring out these problems on the screen yeah people love to scream at us so easy you make it so easy for many many reasons well if um if you're not looking to buy a game we have other ways to get games for free do have uh games with gold turnover going on as this episode is releasing so in the future machine we've gone uh back a day and we have new uh, well back a day or two as we're recording um we have a couple of games that are now available. So 
Super Meat Boy is no longer available, but it has been replaced by Rascals, which is a Xbox Live arcade game and rather fun. And I believe there's some multiplayer you need to do. So if you do need that, I do have the game and I enjoy it quite a bit. I am happy to help. And also on the Xbox One mm. side, we have Project High Rise Architects Edition that has uh, just become available on the Xbox One. And that will be available to download until July 15th. Yeah, Rascals isn't bad. I liked Rascals. And for all of you all of you people that won't play a 200-point game, aha, there's DLC. So it's actually a 300-point <laughs> game. This is so. true. <laughs> so <laughs> you can play Rascals. Yeah, you can play the entire game, most of it two-player. But there is, right, there is a, an achievement for winning Grand Prix matches online, which is really just get into a game with someone and the other person stands still and, and you win the match. So easy enough to do, but I, I really enjoyed Rascals. It's one of one of my favorite Xbox Live Arcade games. Yeah, it's so good. It's so much fun. DLCs are only $2, I think, each. They're called Rascals Reinforcements what? 1 and Rascals Reinforcements 2. I did not realize that Rascals was developed by the same team that developed Fruit Ninja. Oh. I did not know that yep. either. News to me. All right. Uh, Game Pass news then, yep. right? Mm. Well, I don't know. There's we haven't mentioned Game Pass. New stuff to cover, <laughs> and we certainly haven't mentioned... Uh, sorry, Elle, I think you are about to say the same thing. Oh, no, I was just going to say we haven't mentioned Game Pass enough uh, on the show lately. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yeah. But the uh, most important Game Pass game of all time is about to come out, right, Kenny? TMNT Shredder's Revenge. It's yeah. now. Let's Donatello. go. I am Donatello so sucks. You leave him alone. If you, <laughs> <laughs> you will see if a you're nice write-up from me about If this you're listening game. to this early in the morning when this drops, we'll be streaming this live uh, tonight, or you can go back on the YouTube channel or Twitch or whatever to see it. I can't wait for this game. I'm so excited. And we're getting on Game Pass. Like, come on. It just gets better and better. Um, And then yeah. out it's dirty on the game 21st. Oh, no, 25. Say what? I was going to say, it's a $25 game. Yeah. Really? I, it's one of those games that I would I would do it, but I don't know. Hopefully, it's got some replay value. We'll see. Before Game Pass? I for sure, since this was... Before Game Pass, we would have spent the money on it. It wouldn't have mattered because it's a game oh, that we're sure. all looking to play, 100%. and and we we oh, all yeah. are, are interested. It's got enough. It's six player co op, so we can even involve more people. We all totally would have bought this. We wouldn't have blinked at twenty five dollars in the Game Pass era. The idea of spending any dollars on games is like, wait, what? Must huh? Right. Unless you're Koosh. Mm-hmm. So are they and shooting like, themselves in the foot? Honestly, I don't know. Ah, the foot. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, man. That was so unintentional, but that was good. No, I didn't. <laughs> don't it's pretend. Fine. Don't pretend. Ah. You know that was intentional. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's actually kind of crazy. Soldier on. $25. Being a TMNT game since it's licensed, I thought it would be like a $40 game or more. Even better. Um. Yeah, coming out on the 21st is Shadow Run Returns, Shadow Dragonfall Director's Cut, and then Shadow Run Hong Kong Extended Edition. Yeah, that was a typo. Sorry, it's Shadow Run Dragonfall. <laughs> so it's three games from the uh, Shadow Run series. 
My bad. Yep. And then on the 23rd is Naraka Blade Point. Yeah, this was one of the games mm-hmm. of the showcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was making sure I said that right. Because I know there was a little bit of confusion Nautica. before, but yeah. Uh, Battle Royale s- Samurai? Japanish looking era? It thing? is Japanish. It looks cool. <laughs> Get on that early while Waka is still working on it. So. Uh, Good call. No Waka. It looks cool. <laughs> Oh man! Right, um, Waka well, and we should probably also mention <laughs> for everyone that's screaming at us right now, we've probably been you know game passed over uh, ah. because we're recording tonight, and I'm sure the the new announcement will come out tomorrow, uh, which would be yesterday, according to most people who are listening. Yeah, even even when we record a day late, we're still going to get podcasted. Um. Contests. Nate, you want to give a GTC roundup rundown? Uh, sure, we can talk about the GTC. Uh, this month, it's OMG's or wildcard game is Zoo Tycoon series. So anything uh, previous completion or a current Oops. achievement Ooh. from for this month in the Zoo Tycoon series worth one bonus draw. And her bonus is a pretty cool one, I think. Other people are screaming, that's so crazy. Uh, Roll the dice. Spell dice with the first letter (laughs) in any achievement. And that will get you a 1d6 bonus draw per instance of dice spelled limit. Six dice. Because we don't want this thing going crazy long. So That's so good. Yeah, have fun with it. I think it's cool. I I I love it. I think it's great. That's so good. That That's... The best bonus. That's so good. I love it. I still like the chip up, 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 up bonus. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> was how many <laughs> how many peas you had. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Oh, there's been lots of good bonuses by me getting a D and D lately. So yeah, I really enjoy that one. Um, there's another contest that was just announced. So oh yeah, why don't um, you tell us about it? We Al? um go for we, it. We um yeah, we got. Reverse podcasted by recording a day late because this announcement just came out and we are getting Warboats, which has nothing to do with Battleship, nothing at all. Uh, Warboats, but it's going to be uh, PvP Warboats. Multiplayer. (laughs) Everyone loves multiplayer achievements. So basically what they do is they draw, it's kind of like RTDL, but they only draw lower ratio games. I think between... One and two, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's correct. And you have to sink your opponent's chips. But there's a new scoring system, so you get points for a hit, and you lose points for a miss. So they're actually discouraging you to try to get all of them uh, this time around. But if you don't care about that, go nuts. Go go for it. But you, uh, for those who are into the community badges, you get a badge for just all you got to do is in the first round, destroy one of your opponent's ships. So if you sign up, play. We don't want no puttins. But Warboats is a lot of fun. Thank you to Planting and Freem and the rest of the crew who work on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign right. ups well, should case. be up as you listen to this, I believe. I believe registration goes until June 20th. So just make sure before you register, the thresholds for joining Warboats are very low. 
Uh, I think you only need to have like 10 available games and something like 500 available achievements. So you don't need to go nuts. That's nothing. But make sure if you're going to participate, yeah. if it matters to you, you have until you register. I think by by the registration ends by the 20th, but they made it sound in the post that you want to make sure to adjust your, to adjust your collection before you register. But either way, you have right. some time to do that. If you're interested, go get yes. registered. Make sure you adjust your collection accordingly. In between rounds, should you beat your opponent, you'll have another opportunity to adjust your collection. And the later rounds are even more, like, I think you need to have 30 available achievements. So that's a very, very low threshold. So people in this community should have no problem being able to meet the threshold to join Warboats this year. No. Yeah. yeah, sorting out your collection is important for two reasons. Number one, to make sure that they don't draw any games you don't have anymore. That's the most important thing. And number two... Even though they're one to two ratios, you can get, uh, you know, an achievement in Red Dead Redemption. That's a 1.4, but it'll take you 40 hours to get to. So if you want to curate those long, long, uh, what do you call them? Campaigns. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. <laughs> you can, but, or you could just let it ride. You could also, I believe what they did last time is you could choose to add unstarted games as well. There's a toggle <sighs> for that. Add all those war boats. Uh, rattle like a games in there. Absolutely. All right, and with that, let's get the show wrapped up with our last our last spot with Brad Camp. Take it away, Michelle. All right. Well, we have had a great time all episode celebrating Xbox. So now it's time we celebrate you guys, and we're going to start with completions as we always do. Alex RD has reached a new milestone. He is at 300 completed games. Mad Lefty 2097 also at 300 completed games. Matthew 00 at 600 completed games. Vulgar Latin has reached 650 completed games. Lord of Dookie 69 has 800 completed games. And X the Hero, our very own, has reached 850 completed games. Congratulations, guys. Er, grumble, grumble, retirement comment. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> in streaks, <laughs> AS Unknown One is currently on a 300 day achievement win streak, as is Sad Dak. Ben L72 with 450 days, Northern Last with 650, and Jeremy DJ Waka Waka, a 1000 day achievement win streak. For Gamer Score, Desert Fox 0420 has hit 450,000 gamer score. ZZ Urban Spaceman has hit 750,000 gamer score. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. And Lord of Dookie 69 has hit 1.2 million gamer score. Nothing is not in leaderboards. See, predictable. Alex R. Davies is in the top 10 of games played leaderboard for Vayner's. Bastion Reader shows up every week. This guy, position number four in the USA Max Possible completion percentage leaderboard for Schmups. Uh, Big L made oh. it to the top 20 of the New York Gamer Score leaderboard. But I think hey. I think that someone left the leaderboard because I definitely didn't score enough to overtake anyone. So we'll see how that one plays out. Chesno was in the top 10 of the England Games Played leaderboard for fighting. I think he just dives all these fighting games. Buy him and fight him. Dave Bottom Bottom is in the top 200 of the Gamer Square leaderboard for Metroidvania. I know I said that wrong. 
debt dealers in the top 20 of Ohio TA leaderboard for management. Desert Fox 420. Great. Top 5,000 of the Gamer Score leaderboard. Nice. <laughs> Luke 17,000 is in the top 500 of the TA difference leaderboard for stimulation. <laughs> Mental Knight is in Oof. the top 100 of the TA difference leaderboard for action and top 50 uh, TA, diff- TA leaderboard for action. Retro Chief is playing some Deponia games. He's playing some classics over here. He's the point-and-click machine. He's in the top 10 of Gamerscore for point-and-click overall and TA. That's awesome. I think he said he's going to try to get to number one and then maybe play a different genre, but we're not sure. Uh, who's left here over here? Uh, Survivalist is in the top five of the California Completed Games leaderboard for Survival. Sir Polygon is second in the Georgia Achievements 1 leaderboard for Connect. I remember the Connect. And Thrash Forever is, Good name. Num- is uh, number one in the England Completed Games leaderboard for Equestrian Sports. And uh, since he sent me a nice PM complimenting me on the show, I will read another one of his milestones. He's now third in the England <laughs> Completed Games leaderboard for Sandbox. See, it, it pays to... Con- uh, flattery will get you everywhere. And last but not least, Neo21 is now in the top 10 of the USA Gamerscore leaderboard for Metroidvania. Nice. But he started playing Guacamelee on hard and messed up the whole experience. But, you know, I hope he liked it overall. All right. Well, that wraps up that show. Uh, Yeah, I got nothing to say in brags because people were in brag camp uh, bragging about how they're glitching Guitar Hero 2. I'm not even going to mention any of those people's names, is it? And, uh... <laughs> yeah, there's an old glitch where you someone figured out where you uh you boot up a tutorial song, Trogdor, I believe it is, and then you unplug the guitar and then you go into one of the real songs and then the song magically turns into Trogdor and then you can complete it and then get credit for beating it on on hard or expert, whatever it is. So yeah. I think that's how a lot of people Fun. got through the achievement for doing Jordan, I wanna say it is. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. And apparently Jordan. the solution's been there One for of, like, years. Two songs I could never beat. The solution's been there for years, and I just watched the video today for the first time. Oh yeah. I've definitely looked at that solution and gone, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, that makes me want to do it. No. Even though I don't have Guitar Hero 2 for <laughs> Xbox, I only have it for PlayStation. Or a guitar. Or an Xbox. I got guitars. I've got like <laughs> seven of them right right over there. So I won't shout out oh. the cheaters of uh, Mike Pitch and NBA Kirk. Damn it, I did it. I don't blame you guys. More power to you. I, I don't blame you. <laughs> Good reference. All right. Best yes, reference. That will do it. It is <laughs> very late. Thank you all for listening. That was a lot of fun. I cannot wait to play some of these games that are coming out in the future. I cannot wait for more announcements. Uh, you guys know where to find us. We have all the links to all the places. They're also down in the show notes. You can check them out there. It was good being back for this week, but I'm back to doing chores. So I'll join back again as soon as I can. But until then, thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. So long. Bye. Thanks for coming back, Kenny. We love you. Love you too.
Hello, I'm Walker Pale, who gladly returned to the biking game pass game Lonely Mountain Downhill when the free Misty Peak DLC released at the end of May. Strangely, the Misty Peak DLC contains a single new trail called Phantom Heights. Unfortunately, loading the DLC and base game mountains in Lonely Mountains is still somewhat broken and won't show up unless you wait for a bit in the main menu as it takes a moment to load, but the game doesn't tell you that, instead just presenting the mountains it has finished loading. One side effect of this is that it can make some achievements unlock prematurely as it believes you completed all trails even if you just have completed the currently loaded mountains shown in the menu. Thankfully, Lonely Mountains runs great once you've managed to actually start the trail, at least on the Series X. Phantom Heights is a rather cluttered trail with very few places you can safely go fast. While it is very easy to fall off your bike if you are not careful, there are not too many really difficult stretches and the most dangerous part involving multiple cliff jumps can be bypassed through a semi-hidden safer but slower route. To make up for the lack of opportunities to maintain a high speed, the target times are rather generous for Phantom Heights, especially if you use a few of the shortcuts. There are a handful of good shortcuts, but three of them stand out. One right at the beginning of the trail where you can go through a stone arc in the mist to the right shortly after the start of the trail. A decent fairly safe skip is if you take a hard right into the forest after the cliff jumps and there is a very time saving path in the final stretch starting by the waterfall in the background from the actual trail. There are two new resting places. One straight ahead from the start and one just to the left of the waterfall at the cliff jumps. Mr. Peak has 7 achievements worth 250 gamer score and close to 1500 TA, which can be completed in around an hour if you are good at Lonely Mountains, but can take quite a bit longer if you struggle with the punishing no crash challenges. The awful night rides return, but the associated challenges are few, rather easy, and the track is fairly easy to navigate in the dark, as you have to take it slow anyway. I very much liked the Misty Peak DLC for Lonely Mountains Downhill. It is short, sweet and free. Have a nice day everyone. Bye. <laughs>